0: Welcome to Her Balanced Hustle, a show helping ambitious female entrepreneurs build the systems needed to scale their business past six figures while maintaining a healthy work life balance. These conversations will unveil topics you may have struggled with, like best hiring practices, action items you need to take to elevate your business to the next level, how to handle your business finances, but most of all, creating a business that doesn't sacrifice your life. I'm your host, Kiri. Join me each week to learn how to scale your own business. Welcome back to the show. Today, we're going to kind of go into selling a business a little bit more. Now, I am no expert in this. I have never sold a business, and I'm not even at the point where I'm thinking of selling a business. But if you've just listened to Tracy Gunn's episode, she gives a lot of information about selling a business. And I wanted to talk about that and also go into the e-myth a little bit more. It's uh, The book is actually called The E-Myth Revisited that we'll put in the show notes for you. I talked about it a little bit in the podcast interview with Tracy Gunn, but the reason why I love The e Revisited and why I recommend it to a lot of entrepreneurs and women starting businesses is because it helps you think about your business at a larger level. It helps you think from almost that bird's eye level. Like if I removed myself from the business, what would it look like? How would it run? So many of us start this business. and this Of course, the woman I coach, we are starting the business for us. We get into it because we want that freedom and flexibility. We don't want to be working so hard. A lot of the women want to be there for their family. Even if it's not family, it's usually like very personal reasons, maybe a lot of doctor's appointments. Maybe you just want to be able to walk your dog for two hours or go on a hike during the day and maybe mental health. Whatever the reason is, we start it for ourselves. And then we become these solopreneurs if we're successful or when we're successful and then we're running the business day to day. And one of the women I talked to, she was complaining, like, I just can't take a vacation. She's a bookkeeper, um, accountant. And she just said, I, I don't know how to take a vacation. Help me. I want to learn how to take a vacation. And I was like, ah, let me help you with that, right? Because there are a few different ways that you can do that as a solopreneur. You can either, A, hire a team. And then you have that team with you all the time. They take over your tasks. And when you step out, it's not a big deal. And that's almost kind of what Tracy Gunn was talking about. You have a big staff. You can leave for a week. The plates are still spinning. Nothing's going to fall apart. Another option is you get a temp support, right? You get temp support to help you fill in just for that week that you take vacation. That is hard because you're investing a lot of time training this person just so that there can be a little bit of coverage. That might not be worth it, Okay. The third option is you just take the time off, and if you have a small business solopreneur and you just have a few clients, you just shut down, it is what it is, you don't make money, it goes on, everyone goes on with their life just fine, right? Um, But when you think about it at a higher level, when you're you're growing your business, you want to get it to the point where you can completely step out of it. And the E-Myth Revisited is a great book that has exercises for you to really think about how you are going to do that and build your business to do that now you might not want to you might not be at that point yet but Tracy had a lot of good information taken from this book and also from her own experience on how do you actually build a business you can sell now her first point is to think about what do you want now like I just mentioned if you don't want to sell your business if you don't want to step out of it entirely then then you know oh well not really for you but do most people eventually get to a point where she was saying where you think, okay, you know, I put so much time and effort into this business. I think I do want to be able to step out of this business, and I think I want to be able to get some money back. And if that's the case and you want to retire and you want to have a more flexible lifestyle, then you should think about selling it, okay? And the second question is, what is your business worth? Now, that can be hard for some of us to figure out and to know, How? what is your business worth, right? Like you might have profit and loss statements, but that's not the same as how much is it actually worth. And in order to find out what a business is worth, it's not just, you know, your clients, how much your money you're making. There's also like assets that you have, right? And for every business, this could be different. For corporate to contract, I have a lot of assets in the sense that I have a community. I have worksheets i have documents that people can work on i've got the money mapper i've got courses i've actually got courses i have group calls i've got question and answer sessions you know there's all these things that go into it that are considered assets it's not just me and my time right of course there's the revenue part of it as well that also goes into your how much is the business worth right And then there's the discounted cash flow analysis, right? And that's a complex formula that I do not know anything about. So (laughs) please go look that up yourself. But that might help you if you are definitely in the product-based business as well. Cash flow analysis, product-based manufacturing, anything like that, that is important to estimating your value. Another thing are projected earnings, okay? So when you are going to get funding, from venture capitalists, or even looking at right now selling a business, people want to see what are your projected earnings year after year, because those earnings will help them predict how much the business might be worth as well. And it's basically a ratio price to earnings, right? So let's say that your ratio is 15 and the projected earnings are $200,000 a year then you will be looking at something that might be worth $3 million. So again, that's something you need to take into account when you're thinking about what is your business worth. Now, you need an accountant for this. But it's something I think that every entrepreneur at some point should sit down and think about because we often think, oh, especially for service-based business providers, which is a lot of the people I work with, it's just me and my time. Yes, it's just you and your time. But there's also more to it than that. There are things that you're doing, and assets that you have that you might not even think about, right? And then you need to also think about the, the ratio of how much your business is worth, all of that. So I think that was very important advice. And lastly, she talked about how involved are you in the everyday part of your business? Where are you spending your time? If you are super involved in your business, which a lot of us service providers are, then that's gonna make it really hard to sell. You're not going to be able to sell it, honestly. I'm going, to, I'm going to be truthful. And I know this because I'm in that right now. If someone had to come in and, and take over my business, they wouldn't be worth much because I am the face of my business and I'm involved in every single part of it. So in order to sell your business, you need to take a step back from that and remove yourself and basically figure out how to fire yourself, how to let yourself go from the business. And with that, you need systems and automations. You, And this is where the E-Myth Revisited comes back into it and why it's such an important book to read cuz it tells you all about how you need to set up those systems or maybe automations in your business, right? When someone buys my course, what happens? They get these certain amount of emails. They get access to the course. They need to obviously look at the terms and conditions and then those are the is the access of the course dripped meaning like do you get one module a week or do you get it all at once? And then what happens, right? Can I be removed from that process entirely? Almost But then there's the Q&A sessions that I have. There's the um, cohorts that I have where I am very prevalent in it. If I wanted to remove myself from that and maybe make it sellable, I would have to train people. I'd have to train other coaches to take over these calls for me and then have some kind of system or SOP that any coach would be able to take over and know the proper responses to give that follow my framework so that. Then we can also have someone else take over and I am not part of it. Now that could be a very big long-term goal for mine, for me, right? Thankfully, my business is not named after me. So corporate to contract could that does make it a little bit easier to sell because I could take my face off of it. But again, it's thinking about even if you have something just as like a social media management company. Are you the one doing all the posts, doing the research, doing the competitor analysis, creating the reels, creating the TikToks, creating whatever it is that needs to be on there? Then you need to think about how can you step out and fire yourself in order to sell the business. So I hope this helps some of you on a maybe smaller scale. Think about, like, is my business sellable? How do I remove myself from it? And I definitely recommend checking out the E-Myth Revisited. And again, we'll put that in the show notes. So thank you. And I hope that you enjoy these three ways to think about if your business is sellable.